This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Good morning, everyone. What a weekend it was at Torrey Pines. Zacchino in studio with Adam Scully. Bob Weeks on his way back home from Torrey Pines. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Bob is having a, an easy travel day. And whether you're listening to us on TSN 1050 in Toronto or on the iHeartRadio app or on tsn.ca coast to coast, or watching us this morning on TSN 5 as we simulcast Golf Talk Canada Radio on TV. Good morning. I hope you enjoyed your weekend. Wow. Uh, I mean, the last two majors, uh, I think, have made up for maybe some of the dullness that we've had in the last couple of Masters, which sounds so weird to say because the Masters is so great. But, I, I, I mean, it was shaping up as a very weird U.S. Open, and we're going to get into this Go right down the the hole today deep on the U.S. Open for obvious reasons. It was shaping up to be a very strange leaderboard. Uh, European journeyman Richard Bland, and it was just, you know, Russell Henley, who, yes, is a three-time winner on the PGA Tour, but not exactly a household name and a guy you would put on top of a leaderboard at Torrey Pines in the U.S. Open. And I, I remember a couple people reaching out to me, Adam, and I said, just patient. I said, be patient. Mm-hmm. By the time we get to Sunday, this leaderboard is going to be amazing. And it's going to be the who's who. And that's what it became. You know, when you think of past U.S. Opens as well, where sort of relative unknowns are near the top of the leaderboard, you know, Xander Shoffley at Aaron Hills. No one had heard of Xander Shoffley. He was right up there for the first couple days. Andrew Landry at Oakmont as well. Remember, he had the 18-hole lead, of course, Richard Bland this week. Russell Henley, a relative unknown, of course. They both sort of didn't play as well throughout the weekend. Henley, especially on Sunday. Obviously, Mackenzie Hughes. Had a rough final eight holes or so on Sunday, but it turned out to be a great tournament. Torrey Pines faced some criticism perhaps early in the week in terms of the setup, how it was so similar to the Farmers Insurance Open. But by the time Sunday afternoon came, that was a tough golf course. And I know that's a, such a weird statement, too, and, and we will get a little bit into setup later on in the show, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's similar to the Farmers Insurance Open because the Farmers Insurance Open is is always a hard setup. Yeah. So it's not like when we go to Tory in January, and it's an event I usually work mm-hmm. in person. Mm-hmm. So I've got very good familiarity with this setup. And we play the golf course. We've played. We usually play it every December with yeah. our friends at TaylorMade. Yeah. So we play it in December. Then I go back in January a month later, mm-hmm. and they've barely touched the rough. It's you know, it's cabbage and it's rough, and it needs a turf renovation. The turf's horrible mm-hmm. at Torrey Pines, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of the difficulty yep. is bumpy poena and six different grasses in the rough. And, you know, there's only so much you can do to that. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, you go to the Farmers Insurance Open and it quite often plays like a U.S. Open with the exception of one round on the North Course. Yeah. And that's why it's one of the hardest golf courses and hardest tournaments to win on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. And that, and that is why for six months I said that John Rahm was going to win the U.S. <laughs> you're, Open. You're right. Because, Adam, it was more a horses-for-courses play in mm-hmm. terms of our TSN edge picks and, and anybody in fantasy pools or, or laying a little action. 
it was more a horses for courses play than than most U.S. Opens. Very similar to a Masters yep. play, where who plays Augusta well, who has a great Masters record, mm-hmm. sometimes overweighs who's hot coming into Augusta. Now, Rom just happened to be hot, even though there was a quarantine involved. Rom just happened to be hot, and line up with the horses for courses play mm-hmm. because he loves Tory Pines. We're going to get into this yep. today. He loves Tory Pines. Uh, it's a special place for him, and it lined up perfectly well. Okay, we've got a great show. $100 uh, Mr. Butcher uh, gift card giveaway we will do at the end of Hour 1, as we always do. Uh, for those of you who are listening on TSN t- 1050 in the GTA, you can uh, you can uh, jump in on the Mr. Butcher $100 gift card giveaway. We're going to give away six uh, wingmen from Bushnell Golf. I've got one here with me today. I'm going to I'm going to get it out in our next okay. segment. I got one. We're going to give away 6. We had a social media contest throughout the week and we had some fun uh, with with that and it's a, it's a really fun gadget. Have, have you seen No, it? I haven't seen it. In I, you got to get one of okay. these. Yeah, I'm you you to and your it. buddies would absolutely love this. Oh yeah. They've got a chirping mode. That's what it. I'm very excited about. <laughs> got a chirping mode. <laughs> we are wearing Team Canada jerseys. For a reason, Adam. We will get into that later on in the show because uh, as of today, the teams are official for the Olympics. They are. And maybe when we have some time, we will break down what those teams look like and who they are. Uh, Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes will be representing Team Canada yeah. in the Olympics. But they have shaken out. We know who is representing Team Canada now uh, in, in Japan in, in next month. So, um, they will be wearing this team Canada. Adidas, the official apparel provider mm-hmm. of team Canada. We are wearing official apparel right now yep. and we're going to be giving some of this away and we will get into that later in the show. Yes, we 20 weeks of tailor made. We're going to hear from John Rahm. We're going to hear from Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, we have a Twitter poll question. Who is the best player in the world without a major right now? A question that was really easy to answer for the longest period of time. Phil Mickelson, and then it was Sergio Garcia, and then you know Ricky Fowler, and there's been you know the Lee Westwood, Luke Donald, number one in the world, yep. hot potato, and they didn't have one. Who's that person now? Like mm-hmm. head scratching. Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley. Who else? Yeah. Other is Other? there? A, I don't know. Yeah. We put it out on Twitter. Jump in at Golf Talk Canada at Golf Talk Canada. Let us know what you think. You can vote. You can send us a comment, etc. We also want to know what was the best major of the year so far. Yeah, because now we've got a contender. There's three. I think you and I will definitely agree on what was the sleepiest, our least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but we will jump into that as well. Winners, weird and what? So much to get to, but let's kick it off with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. John Rahm is your U.S. Open winner and now number one player in the world. He loses the title of the best player in the world without a major, mm-hmm. which he clearly was, but we all clearly felt that this was a title that he would shake very, very soon. Adam, what I love about this win is, yeah, huge key putts, obviously, on 17 and 18. Mm -hmm. But this wasn't a putting contest. This was a ball-striking contest. And, you know, he made a couple of putts early and a couple of putts late. But, I mean, he he out-ball-striked the field at at Torrey Pines. Uh, If the setup called for that, uh, put on a stripe show. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. And the second thing that comes to my mind, and I, I, I want to get your take on this, is 
he's always been that hot Spaniard. He has mm-hmm. always been that fiery temper. And that's what we love about him. Because, you know, Tiger was full of passion oh, yeah. and energy. Lost and heat. his temper. Lost his temper. And most guys don't. It's rare in today's game mm-hmm. to see that. But this was a, the maturing of John Rahm. It was how he handled the COVID uh, two weeks prior and being and withdrawing from Memorial. How he spoke about it in the press conference. Mm-hmm. How he spoke about you know his friend that he lost as yep. the reporter uh, in Spain, uh, not being there when his child kept kept Kepa met his parents for the first mm-hmm. time. I mean, this was a mature guy that knew when to bring the heat. And knew when to play away from the flag on the 72nd hole. A different guy. I mean, wow. Those are the two things that stand out for Yeah, 100%. Me. He mentioned he out-ball struck the field. T4 in greens and regulation. Fifth in strokes gained off the tee. Gained over four shots to the field in that category alone uh, throughout the week. And we were going back and forth over textile. Rom was just sort of hanging around. He had, hadn't really made any, any big mistakes. From a betting or, or fantasy perspective, he's the first pre-tournament favorite to win the U.S. Open. Since Tiger Woods in 2008, wow. also at Torrey Pines. So a big win for John Rahm, obviously. He was the favorite before round two and round three. But before round four, he had the sixth shortest odds to win at 11-1. to 1. So if you wanted to lay a little candy mm-hmm. on John Rahm before Sunday's final round, you would have had You're still free, getting value. some good value there, 11-1 to 1 value in some books. But for John Rahm, you mentioned the maturity. I'll get into this a little more in 3-dub later in the show. Just a different guy. He's matured since... You know, the addition of Keppa into the world now, it's just a different perspective. We, we see Rom, you know, in past U.S. Opens lose it on whether it was his caddy or throw a ball into the woods or yell at himself. But whenever he'd make a mistake, he was a calmer John Rom, and he maybe used that emotion and helped him going forward. We saw Tiger Woods, like you mentioned all those times, throw a club, swear. But for his next shot, he was locked in in the zone again, whereas Rom previously would still be hot going into his next shot. But now that's this next level of Rom. He's matured so much that, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised with the Open Championship, 24 days away if you're counting. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the mix there as well. So I was just going to go down that road, and I want to bring up this stat. This mm. was a stat that Brandel Chambly right. brought up. Uh, from Golf Channel. And I, I like this stat. It jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. Because we love our numbers. We love our crunching our numbers. And we talk about ball striking. Mm-hmm. And, and out ball striking a field versus it being a putting contest, yep. right? And uh, this morning on First Up, I was a guest on First Up this morning, and we spoke about how does this set up the summer? And AK brought this up, mm-hmm. question up. And I agree with them. We're 24 days away from the Open Championship. It's a Ryder Cup year. Mm-hmm. John Rahm will be Sergio Garcia's partner in the Olympics for Team Spain. We have the FedEx Cup playoffs. I mean, we have a massive summer of golf still ahead of us with things that players need, want on their resume. Mm-hmm. And right now, John Rahm has got to be at the top of everybody's list no matter where we're playing right now, especially when it's not a putting contest. Yeah. And, and listen, I'm not taking a shot at his putting. The guy's a great putter. He proved that he can will it in the hole. Those were his words in the post-round yep. press. He willed it in the hole. He felt like he knew he was going to make it, and he felt that he could just literally tiger it in the cup. And he did, right? Twice. I love this stat. This is a combination of strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach. So when we talk about ball striking, we sometimes we talk about you know strokes gained approach. Is that? But this is like the two most important categories when you're talking about who's the best ball striker. He is third in strokes gained off the tee 
Bryson DeChambeau is first, by the way, in that category. He is third in strokes gained off the tee. He is 12th in strokes gained approach. Iron play. Who's number one in that category? Colin Morikawa. I always call Colin Morikawa the number one iron player in the world. Statistically, the numbers show that. But what happens if you add those two categories up? Mm. Well, John Rahm, 3 and 12. Even I can do this math. That's 15. The next closest person to John Rahm combining those categories? Colin Morikawa at 31, because he's 30 in strokes gain off the tee, first in strokes gain approach, 31. If you look at a fa- how far John Rahm is ahead in ball striking on the PGA Tour right now, it's Tiger-esque. He's 15 in those combined numbers. Look at two down. Morikawa, 31. Kepka 32. Cantley, 39. Rory, 40. I mean, after Rahm. It's a log jam of 31 and up, and they are like a couple of shots away from one another. But Rom is hands down clearly the number one ball striker in the world right now. He sure is, and I mean, obviously we know what happened at the Memorial, but this arguably could be back-to-back victories in huge fashion. You know, he was six shots up heading into the final round of the Memorial, obviously tested positive for COVID-19. But quite a performance, too, being in quarantine, because, I mean, what do you you know putting in your hotel room for that long and yes his putter was 37 inch putter so a little longer putter and i mean those two putts he made on 17 and 18 were quite similar Mm -hmm. and the fact he died them into the hole both sweeping left to right putts he's probably had those putts before from his victories at the farmer's insurance open this is this is a huge victory for golf and we i mean we saw a tiger-esque run by dustin johnson Mm -hmm. in 2020 could we be getting one this summer maybe shit rory called it back-to-back wins yeah. Rory called it back-to-back wins. He says, I don't care what the record books show at the Memorial. Hmm. This is back-to-back wins. So to your point, uh, I yeah. watched it with Angry Mike. Oh. And before he made the putt on 18, I looked at uh, Angry and I said, this is a very similar putt to the one he just made on 17. Well, and I mean, after that, the shot he hit on the approach shot on 18, kind of a bad break bouncing Very much a bad break, yeah. How about the discipline play to play it sideways? Because the maturity we're talking about. If you catch that a little thin going at the pin, you're rinsed. You're in the water. We're, we got to take a break. We're going to do over par, under par with the key notables yep. in this golf tournament later on because there's a lot to dive into. Before we do, Louis Oosthuizen with another second place finish at a major. It's his sixth <laughs> second place finish at a, a major. Um We'll do this entire leaderboard of, of notables in over par, under par. But quickly before we go to break, Louis stays in with another second. Over par, under par. Is this scar tissue or is this momentum heading to the Open Championship, by the way, which is the only major he's won? This is over par for me. I mean, he played really well coming in. We'll get into this a little later. Yeah. But, I mean, for me, the decision on 18 to lay up, I don't know. I, I think know, you got to go for it at that point from the rough. I, I Head-scratching material. you got to go. My phone it. lit up when he laid yeah. up. Absolutely lit up. All right, Louis season again. Second, sorry, his sixth second-place finish at a major. We will get into this on the other side. We will hear from our U.S. Open champion, John Rahm. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit taylormadegolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino in studio with Adam Scully as we break down everything and anything from the U.S. Open. We're going to hear from John Rahm momentarily, our latest major champion. But off the top of today's show, I mentioned we're giving away six Bushnell Golf wingmen. Have you seen the wingman before? This is my first time seeing it in person. Okay, so it's very cool. So let me give you the nuts and bolts of this because it's very cool. First of all, it's a speaker. So if you're one of those people that like to play music on the golf course, are you? One I, I I will. Yeah. It depends. It's got to be the right environment and who I'm playing. Like yeah. When I'm in Casa de Campo and you know we're out on a holiday, yeah. I'll slap this up oh, and I yeah. yeah. And Heather and I have a great time and we put the music on. Not not crazy. You know I don't put it on it. That's the one thing. If you play music on a golf course. I'm going to sound like the old, old grumpy old man here mm. now. But if you play music on a golf course, make sure you're playing it at a volume where it's only in your group. Yeah. Because you don't know if the group in front or the group behind wants to hear your playlist, okay? No, that's that's the one thing I will say. Other than that, have at it. Especially in, the music I like, too. I well, think. you know, all that electronic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could get on a treadmill instead <laughs> of uh, play golf. All right. Like, I know what a treadmill looks like. <laughs> all right. So, I get on, so, anyway, this is so cool. You can play music on it. This is a magnet. And you That's can cool. attach it to your golf cart or to, like, your push cart, yeah. metal, anything metal, boom. boom. Cup holder it fits. Mm. Very cool. But this is also a GPS device. Which is so cool. You download the Bushnell Golf app. Yep. You can see it here. I've got the first hole at Bayview. It gives me yardage to the front, middle, and back. And it gives you the yardage from wherever your smartphone is. So if let's say we're in a cart. We pull up beside your tee shot that you hit 370, okay? <laughs> so beside your 370, you, this little remote, you click the button. It tells you front, middle, and back from where you pulled up. It's like having a caddy. Wow. But this is my favorite uh, part. Let's see if you can hear this app. There's a chirping mode. Ah. You can put in, like, custom messages. This right. was my custom message. See if we can get this to work here. Can we get that? Adam, that's not a bomb. That's a marshmallow. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it one more time. Adam, that's not a bomb. That's a marshmallow. Now, I chose the British voice. Mm. It says, Adam, that's not a bomb. That's a marshmallow, yeah. it says. So there you go. That's my weak <laughs> British accent. But you can chirp. You can put anything in there. You've got a it. buddy that you play with that, you know, three jacks it all the time. You yep. can just have, have a three putt. There you go. Just three putt, three putt, three putt. Lots of fun. We're giving away six of them at the end of the show from our friends at Bushnell Golf. And we're going to be doing more Bushnell Golf giveaways throughout the summer because they've got great, you know, I'm a range finder guy. Me too. This, sure. Yeah, this is a blast. I love it. And it, it's cool. But I, I to all me, the I, that's the only one I trust is my Bushnell mm -hmm. laser range finder. Right. So there we go. Give those away later on in the show. End of hour one, I think we'll announce our winners. Yes. Right? It's, right. it's Golf Talk and a Christmas. It is. On Christmas. the first day of summer, too. <laughs> is today the first day of summer? It's the first day of summer. Completely lost track of yeah. that. All right. Great. There you go. Happy summer, everyone. <laughs> All right. John Rahm, number one player uh, in the world now. First major champion. Six PGA Tour victory. Um, we just outlined his ball striking, the maturity. It is 69-70-72-67. Ties the low round of the tournament. Uh, Brandon Grace with a 67 also on Sunday. Paul Casey with a 67 in round three. There were 67 shot. Regardless, he does it on Sunday when he needs to win. It was impressive. Let's hear from the U.S. Open champion, John Rahm. 
Here is U.S. Open champion John Rahm, complete with the trophy. Very nice. Looks good. <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful day. Congratulations, first of all, on, on getting a major championship. Of all the things that you did today, what was the key for you from getting this done? Stay patient. Um, obviously, technically, I did a lot of things well. Uh, I drove it really well, hit a lot of greens, and when I needed to, my short game was on point. Um, but I think the fact that I believed that I was going to win every step of the way was the biggest factor, right? Uh, when I had those short putts on 13 and 14, it's easy to get frustrated, you know, uh, and, and start thinking, man, you know, I'm not making putts, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. I never really uh, got down that route, never complained, never made excuses. I just simply believed that I could get it done. Um, I, I've done it before and I had just had to do it on a bigger stage. and. And luckily it happened the way it happened because those two putts in the last two holes were uh, you know, something I remember for a long time. A lot of those putts leading up before the 17 and 18 as you've talked about, they didn't go in. Was it a sense of relief when you did see those two, two go in on 17 and 18? Well, you know, God, I mean, we can think about the one on 15, 16, I thought I made it. Um, and same with 13 and 14, they're all good putts. Um, and even 12 was pretty close as well. Uh, it wasn't a sense of relief, just because I believed it was going to happen. I never doubted the fact that I was going to I was going to do something special coming down the stretch, and it only you know it could only happen with two putts like that, right? When I'm aiming a couple feet, three, four, five feet left of the hole, and, and letting it feed in, feed into it, right? I feel like that's where as a player, the feel came in. I feel like the the kid in me who practiced back home hitting those putts to win tournaments was hitting those putts, and and I enjoyed it, you know, and. Like I said, that, that belief that things were going to happen is what, what made it happen at the end. So many elements to this story, the, the COVID thing, the, uh, your, fir your first Father's Day, yeah. uh, your first major championship. How do you make sense of it all right now? I'm not. I still can't believe it. That's, a, that's a, the thing, right? Uh, I'll probably process it tomorrow or the next day or who knows, maybe in a week. It takes me a while usually, but, you know, for every father out there, happy Father's Day. It's, it's definitely a special feeling when... Uh, when I woke up this morning and uh, had a little note from Kelly and, and a little balloon and, and held my son for the first time in the morning, uh, I almost burst into tears just because of the day it was. And I know from that point on that today was, was something different. And the fact that my dad was here to watch me, both my parents and my wife's parents were here to watch me win. Uh, but my dad was here when I won the Farmers Insurance Open a couple of years ago. and. For him to be here, I hadn't seen him in a year, but for him, for them to be able to come back and, and be here and, and watch me win in this fashion is what makes it special. And at the same time with me being a dad, which right, when I look at him, I still think of myself as a son because I am a son, but uh, me being a dad, it's, it's very different, right? It puts things into perspective because when I finished after making that putt and I held him, nothing else mattered. You could have told me at that point that Louis made a double eagle and I couldn't have cared a bit just because I was holding my son and... Him and Kelly are basically the two most precious things in my life. Uh, at that point, golf was secondary, and I, I believe that, that that love is what helped all day. John, congratulations, U.S. Open champion. Thank you very much. Uh, wow, perspective, right? More perspective. Yeah. Of course, that was Bob with uh, John from uh, last night uh, as Bob's on his way home. Uh, from from uh, California, perspective, Adam. The, to me, that's the word maturity and perspective. That comment right at the end was eye-opening we would have never you think John Rahm fiery hot temper he's a changed man and 
look out golf world because like i mentioned in segment one i think we could see a bit of a tiger-esque run happening so right now you know we obviously we always weekly we do our tsn edge picks Mm -hmm. we all take three players yep is there any way in the world right now that john rom is not one of your three picks at the open championship you know me and i like to get you know go a little to get some value picks in play Mm -hmm. but yeah, he has to be on there. Has to be on there. I'm curious. We're going to go to break. On the other side, we are going to hear from Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, and we will also get you caught up to date on official World Golf Rankings and FedEx Cup standings because we're at one of those rare moments. I always like to think with the exception of the fact that the uh, FedEx Cup rankings tend to skew more American because right. it's based on the PGA Tour instead of a world list. Mm-hmm. With the exception of that uh, one note... The FedEx Cup is a more current ranking system, in my opinion, of who's playing better right now. For sure. I always find the official World Golf rankings lagging behind. Mm-hmm. And this is a rare moment in time where the official World Golf rankings might be more more accurate than the FedEx Cup because of what happened at Memorial. Right. Okay? So right. We, will, we will get you caught up on that next. But before we go to uh, break here, I'm curious, Adam. I'm wondering what just said there with John Rahm before we close the door on John Rahm. Because we could do three days on John Rahm. <laughs> when golf truly becomes not the most important thing in the world in your life. And you get that perspective where you're not living and dying with what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. Does it become easier for you? Because you hear guys like Rory McIlroy time and time again saying, I'm, you know, I'm just going to treat this like another golf tournament. I'm not going to you know, take my self-value on what I do on a golf course. So he verbalizes that. Mm-hmm. But, but has he internalized that? Whereas John Rahm truly has accepted that now, internalized that. There are other things that are more important in my life that doesn't matter what happens today on this golf course. I am so happy, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And there's a freedom to that. Oh, yeah. That well, I think has pushed him over the line. Well, and he even mentioned pre-tournament that he, he used to practice all day, but now he's only got a couple hours, then he's going to go home and, and play with his 10-week-old child. It's uh, you know good for John Rahm. This is a new era for It's John a Rahm. dumb sport. <laughs> when you try less and play better, right? I'm going to take that mindset for my own game. There you go. On the other side, the Canadian landscape. Mackenzie Hughes with surprise performance that almost ends in a victory minus a tough Sunday. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. 20 Weeks TaylorMade is continuing. We'll get to that in the next segment. We're giving away six Bushnell wingmen. We've got an Adidas contest starting and the Mr. Butcher $100 gift card for those of you listening on TSN 1050. We will open up the phone lines for the next segment, give away a $100 gift card to Mr. Butcher. Uh, okay. Team Canada, who would have thought, I wouldn't want the TSN edge numbers mm. on, I will take uh, Team Italy uh, against Team Canada in the U.S. Open. Now, the Italians had three. Yep. Team Canada had four. Mm-hmm. But who would, what math would you have gotten you would have had some good uh, no, uh, good odds in your favor. No, Adam, if you had taken Italy over Canada? You would have had some 
big numbers for the numbers alone for form coming in as well. The Molinari brothers and Mikiozzi played, you know, <laughs> had no, no real form coming into the They're US pumped Open. up because of Euro uh, of 2020, course, of which is being played in 2021. Of course, but if you wanted to lay a little wager on the low Canadian, Mackenzie Hughes was 5-1. to one. So Corey Connors the was the favorite. favorite. Yeah. Adam Hadwin and then Hughes and Taylor Pendrith, of course. Connor, Connor, surprisingly, and Taylor Pendrith missed the cup. Well. Yeah, it was a, uh, you know it was a t- it was a tough week for Team Canada. Good week for Mackenzie Hughes. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear now from Mackenzie Hughes. Before we get to that, uh, over par, under par with Mackenzie Hughes. And does it change for you with a long term versus a micro approach? Like, I mean, the, it was a tough Sunday. Yeah, he had a chance to win a major championship and. You know, what was he, 77? 77. Yep. 77 on a Sunday. The first six holes almost shot himself completely out of the golf tournament. Mm-hmm. Fought back to mm-hmm. his to his credit and then got off the rails again. My approach on this is the the wound is still currently fresh. So it's oh it's gonna in the short term it's over par. You had a chance to win a golf tournament. Mm. But in the long term approach for Mackenzie Hughes, unlike Corey Connors. This is the first time really for him to, you know, final group, major championship Sunday. He's going to take a lot from this, I think, that are positives that are going to help him in the future. So I think he's under par in the long-term approach. Where, if this was Corey Connors in this Mm. situation, which what has occurred recently in his career, I might have a different take. Is that fair? That's totally fair. I'm under par still with Mackenzie Hughes, but I think going forward, this will help him significantly. On Saturday after his round, he was asked about, you know, why he played so well in the third round. And he said, you know, after I knew I made the cut, it sort of freed me up because he had missed five straight cuts going into this Mm -hmm. week. If he can take that mindset now, knowing he can actually make the cut in a PGA Tour event and apply that going forward and play with that freedom, if you will, look out. Because, you know, 36th in strokes gained putting heading into the week. His stats will obviously improve Mm -hmm. uh, T to green as well. He'll, He'll learn from this experience. He had chances too, obviously, you know, that, 12, 15-foot putt on 10 mm-hmm. that he missed for birdie. The 11th hole, it wasn't a very good shot, but he got one of the worst breaks it's ridiculous. you'll ever see. And, yes, he struggled from then on in. But, you know, T15, his best ever finish at a major championship. He played the tough venues very well in 2020. Memorial, BMW, top 10s in both. I like Mackenzie Hughes here going going forward. As long as he has that freedom, I think he could have a really big summer as well. That putter's a, a weapon. We saw it on Saturday. Yeah. It maybe didn't behave the way it was supposed to on Sunday. But, man, I mean, does anybody make more longer bombs than Mackenzie Hughes? It seems like he just yeah. when he, he just surprises people. Maybe that's why he plays hard golf courses as well, too, mm-hmm. right? Because he, he makes those surprise putts. And he had the opportunity to speak with Bob after uh, his U.S. Open performance last evening. Let's hear now from Mackenzie Hughes. All right, Mac, I'm sure not the day you were looking for. Can you sum it up for us? Yeah, it, uh, you know, it was weird. I felt like I played well out of the gate, like hit two great shots on one and hit just over the green into a really bad lie and so kind of got off to not the best start and three over through six and hadn't really hit many bad shots and then kind of made a nice little comeback there and I mean I had a putt on 10 from 10 feet to get back to even for the day, one shot back and I mean I was right in the tournament and if not for a really unfortunate break on 11, um, who knows what might have happened, I don't know, I just feel like it's, <laughs> Stuff like that means that uh, probably wasn't meant to be for me. Um, first time having a ball stuck in the tree. So, um, and then from there, I just kind of got on a rough, uh, 
it was basically five holes that undid my whole tournament. Um, went five over in a five hole stretch or something like that. So can't be doing that. Back nine of a major and um, yeah, so here we are and disappointed with the result. But I mean, overall, I feel like, I mean, I'm going to learn a ton from this and my game's going to be better for it, but it sucks right now. The shot on 11, what uh, what was, what happened there? Just hook it or? Yeah, so I was kind of in between clubs and I was trying to hit like a little cut five and I just, I just double crossed. It wasn't super committed to what I was trying to do there. And yeah, so one, if I could have one back, that'd be the one. Um, Cause like I said, I was, I was right in the tournament at that point and you put a shot in the middle of the green there and who knows? Cause I was feeling, I was feeling great. And then, um, you know, from that point on, things were going the wrong way. So it sucks. I mean, you know, I, I don't feel like the score reflects how I really handled the day. I mean, I kind of got some stuff thrown at me there and all in a hurry. And my my strokes were all in about a 45-minute span. So, But all in all, it's a, it's a good experience for me. And I'll try and learn from it. Can I uh, just sort of ask you what you're going to leave here with? Uh, well, I mean, I know my game, you know, stacks up with the best players in the world. I just need to, you know, continue working on the belief, continue working on the things I was working on this week uh, from a mental standpoint. Um, I just got a lot of good things I can draw on from this week. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'll probably leave here this week with a lot of confidence knowing that, um, you know, for 63 holes, I was hanging in there with the best players in the world, and I just got to get a little better. That's all. Um, playing simple, be a little better, be a little more committed in those in those moments, and and uh, we'll, we'll be back. May I be the first to congratulate you to say that you are an Olympian, officially? Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. I knew that was um, in my back pocket. Uh, you know, really the whole day, and I knew tomorrow was kind of the announcement of that. So that's very cool. I mean, it's uh, it's bittersweet right now thinking about you know my day today, and I would have liked to have done it in uh, you know better fashion. But um, yeah, really excited for that, and uh, I'm sure once the dust settles on today, and I look back on you know the last year and a half, I'll be uh, pretty proud of what I accomplished. Thanks. Thanks, Bob. Mackenzie Hughes staying in the process, uh, going to take the positives. Bob's private jet interrupting uh, their yes. interview as we sent the Golf Talk Canada jet to go pick him up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was unfortunate. But uh, Happens. He said it's bittersweet right now, but he's going to stay in the process, take the positives. And he mentioned it right there. Bob congratulated him. Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes will represent Canada in the uh, Tokyo Olympic Mm -hmm. Games. Okay, on the other side, we're opening up the phone lines for the Mr. Butcher $100 gift card giveaway. 870-1050. is the number. For those of you listening on 1050 in the GTA, you are eligible. If you have won before, you are not eligible. So if you have already won a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card, please uh, don't call because we can't give it to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll do it on the other side. We'll also get you caught up on our Bushnell giveaway winners. Adidas contest... 20 weeks of TaylorMade, and we will tee up Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. 
This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, TSN 5, Coast to Coast, iHeartRadio app, tsn.ca, and TSN 1050 here in the T-Dot. And speaking of TSN 1050 here in the T-Dot, if you are listening to us right now on TSN 1050 or you are in the greater Toronto area only and have not won the Mr. Butcher gift card giveaway uh, already this season, then give us a sh- shout, 870-1050, because we want to know the answer to this question for a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card giveaway, and your name will go in the draw for the grand prize, which is a barbecue for you and nine of your best buddies this summer. 870-1050. Louis Oosthuizen finished second at the U.S. Open yesterday. We want to know how many... How many second-place finishes does Louis Oosthuizen have at majors? Of course, he won the 2010 Open Championship, his lone uh, major victory. Still has yet to win on U.S. soil, amazingly. What a great career to not – just wild. But we want to know, 870-1050, 870-1050, we want to know how many second-place finishes Louis Oosthuizen has. Mm Mm-hmm. At major championships. All right. We will take the first correct answer for a $100 Mr. Busher gift card. Skulls, we are wearing this official Team Canada Adidas apparel. Why are we wearing it and how are we giving it away? Well, this is the apparel that Team Canada will be wearing at the Olympics. These Adidas head-to-toe apparel shirts, pants, hats, the works. And we are going to be giving away 10 of these shirts. Not one, not two, not three, but 10 of these shirts. And how do you win, Mark? How do we win, Adam? All you have to do, <laughs> this post is going to be going out on social media. This is going on social media. This is going media. on okay. social media. Tag your buddies. All right. And use the hashtag Golf Canada Fan Gear. And we'll be giving away 10 of these shirts. 10 winners, and we'll announce this on radio next Monday. Next Monday. So we're going to give them away this week. This week. This week, only seven days to to whoever wins. I love it. And these are cool shirts. I love the colors. I love the logo. Everything's very cool yep. there. All right. Let's give more giveaways, considering it's Christmas. Summer Santa Christmas. Claus, yeah. yeah. I love it. It's the first day of summer. We're just giving away everything. I love it. Yeah. Wingmen from Bushnell Golf, our friends at Bushnell Golf Wingmen. We asked you to take pictures of your favorite par threes, coast to coast in Canada, Tag the golf course, tag Bushnell and Golf Talk Canada, and follow Golf Talk Canada and Bushnell Golf. You did it. We got tons of photos from, from great places around the province, and we just random drawed. Uh, and these are your winners. Now, uh, give, please give us some time to uh, to reach out to you. We are drowning in contests. <laughs> so it might take us a few days before you hear from us. Uh, don't worry. You're the winner. Uh, Vernon Kona from uh, Regina. Ah, so there, there's our, our winner there. Um Jill Kenny in Va- Vancouver. Congratulations, Jill. John Warris in Toronto, our Ontario winner. Uh, Kevin Ritchie, uh, Manitoba. Well done, Kevin. Uh, Sandy Ewing, uh, Alberta. Great pitcher at Kananaskis Golf. is Ooh. gorgeous. And Dave Shellington, uh, Prince Edward Island for our Atlantic Canada winner. Congratulations to all six of you. We will reach out to you via Twitter, direct message, and coordinate from there sometime this week. <laughs> You'll I hear from us soon. I guess, you know, the inbox starts filling up. Yeah. Hey, I heard I won. You won. <laughs> you won. We're, we're not giving away you. anywhere. We're not giving away anywhere. Um, I don't know if we, 
20 weeks of TaylorMade. Thank you. 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. It does. We gave ways. We're, is, uh, the bag gift, oh, yeah. is that today? So that later today. You only have a couple hours left. Follow Golf Talk Canada. Follow TaylorMade Canada. Tag your golfing buddies on our post from last week. We're giving away the limited edition Team TaylorMade staff bag. Some head covers as well. Rory McIlroy had it. Colin Morikawa had it. Matthew Wolf had it. I haven't seen Matthew Wolf in a while. Great to see him playing. I was going to say, that's a story that we should get to uh, uh, coming up in our next segment 100%. with our over par, under par, because that's, it's incredible. Came out of nowhere, played some great golf this week. Good for Matthew Wolf. But follow Golf Talk Canada, follow TaylorMade Canada, Twitter and Instagram, tag your golfing buddies, and we will announce our winner later today on social media. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And it continues throughout the summer. Of course, the grand prize, a Dustin Johnson for the day experience. Mm. You are through the bag, wedges, putter, irons, woods, driver, bag, balls, custom fitting experience from our friends in TaylorMade. That is the grand prize. And anyone who participates throughout the year, uh, has a chance to get that done. Speaking of winners, uh, congratulations, Mike Wiley of uh, Tur- uh, Toronto. You are the Mr. Butcher $100 gift card giveaway winner, and you're in the grand prize. So congratulations, Mike. You knew that Louis Ustazen has six, six runner-up finishes in majors. I have to give a special shout-out to Mr. Butcher because I got a gift card mm-hmm. to my dad for Father's Day. Nice. From Mr. Butcher. That's very nice. And my dad on Instagram, Ricardo yes. Foam Grill. He does some great stuff. Showcasing yeah. the Mr. Yeah. Butcher products. Looking forward to tasting what's to come from Mr. Butcher from Ricardo's Home Grill. I had a very um, summery Golf Talk Canada Saturday. Oh. Yeah, I was at a friend's cottage. Okay. Uh, and Sandbagger. We had the Sandbaggers oh, yeah. and the Mr. Butcher. And uh, let's just say I had too much of both. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I just were you in the coma where you're you're sitting down in the couch and you just can't physically move? Well, the U.S. Open doesn't help exactly. either, right? Prime yeah, time too. Yeah, there's no point to yeah. move. And then, yeah. of course, we get into the the red medicine. We got in the red wine, which you know goes with those ribeyes that we were eating, oh. and then you know sandbaggers during the day on the dock. And yeah, uh, yeah it was quite the Saturday. It was very yeah. Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, that sounds great. And then got up a little uh, foggy on Sunday mm-hmm. and and got home as soon as possible so we could do Father's Day, and uh, which was great. So uh, happy belated Father's Day to all the dads yep. out there. Angry Mike and I played uh, nine holes with two good friends of ours. Another father and son combo. Actually, it was Danny and Jordan Passmore part of Team Canada. There you go. At uh, Can-Am Cup. Uh, and we had a great time. And then we watched the U.S. Open. It was a blast. It was, it was a great Father's Day. It was, uh, day. It was an awesome day. So um, that's, it was a good weekend. I, I played golf with my dad on Father's Day. You did? And he beat me. Really? He played well. Your dad's quite the player, right? Birdie, birdie start. Yeah. Your dad's quite the player. My dad's finally starting to get it back again. Uh, you know, he, he had a good nine holes yesterday. There you go. So I got, you know what I got him for uh, Father's Day? A series of five lessons. <laughs> I could use one of those. My, our friends at the Toronto Hunt Club where we play, and uh, Shelby, our uh, nice. golf uh, assistant professional there, uh, I said to Shelby, I said, can I get my dad some lessons? For it? But he's playing good. He's good, good for go. him. He's awesome. in, and, you know, As long as he, he's in great shape, so yeah. I'm not worried about it. So. Absolutely. That's great. Uh, okay. On the other side, we are going to do um, over par, under par, mm-hmm. because... There are some names that we have not spoken about, and, and we intentionally avoided them because they are bigger topics. Yep. And it was a John Rahm hour one, and rightfully so. And obviously we have to speak uh, Team Canada mm-hmm. because of Mackenzie Hughes' performance. But there are some names here that we will leave scratching our head again. 
And I know they're going to say everything they want to say, the right sound bites in press conferences, but... And the name that leaps out at me, and I'm, I'm you know, can't get into now. We got about a minute left before we go to break. But I mean, Rory McIlroy, mm-hmm. you know, like here we are again. The drought continues. Had a chance. Had chances to make putts. I mean, it just looked sloppy. It looked uncomfortable. We'll get into it. Who will? T- who are the winners? Who are the losers? Because yeah. some people, when you have a chance to win, you leave. As a winner still, you leave with tools in the toolbox. And others, they leave with scar tissue. Uh And they leave with another missed opportunity. Right, Skulls? Absolutely. And I think that's where we're going down this road. We'll do that next. We'll also get to our uh, Twitter poll question, which is, who is the best player in the world without a major? Right now, Xander is leading that poll. We will get to that poll. We'll talk about possible other names. Patrick Cantley get no love and respect right now on the Twitter universe. Yeah, at Golf Talk Canada, if you want to participate on a vote, at Golf Talk Canada. Uh, Patrick Cantley not getting any love. And I think Ricky Fowler, unfortunately, might be out of the conversation. That'll be part of our conversation. Mm. Uh, also, what was or what has been the best major so far this season? Now, keep in mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a wrench mm. into this conversation that I don't know. When Scully said to me, I want to do a segment on this, I said, great. <laughs> but I don't know if Scully knows that I am also going to account the U.S. Open and Masters from next year because it is part of the super season. Of course. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am not talking about the last you know, three majors. Last, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the last five majors. Oh. Because the first major of this season was, was the U.S. Open. Was the Bryce U.S. Open of Bryce yeah. and yeah. It's a bigger conversation okay. than you might have okay. anticipated. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Winners weird or what? All in hour two. We'll do it coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf quality and value come discover why myrtle beach is the golf capital of the world thank you for listening to hour one of gtc don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at golf talk canada for show archives podcasts and all things gtc visit golftalkcanada.com and don't miss golf talk canada television weekly on the tsn television network This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to Hour 2 Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino in studio, Adam Scully, Bob Weeks on his way home from California, the U.S. Open. Hour 2, we got winners weird and what. We're going to take a look at who is the best player in the world without a major, which is not a clear-cut question anymore. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a... Right now, Xander Shoffley getting some love, Yeah, but I mean, this is not like it was where we could all point the fill. Or Sergio, no. It's a it's a weird conversation right now. And does someone emerge in the next twelve months to truly be that person? And is that a compliment? Because it's also it's sort of like a, a backhanded compliment, right? I mean. Yeah, it's like I mean. you're in the mix, but you can't close the deal. Kind of like Xander Shoffley right now. 
All right, before we get to over par, under par, I did uh, mention this earlier in the show. We're at a, a weird point in time where the official World Golf Rankings might actually be more accurate than the FedEx Cup because of what went down at Memorial uh, several weeks ago. Uh, John Rahm now currently number one in the world. Dustin Johnson falls to number two. Justin Thomas, number three. Colin Morikawa, number four. Xander Shoffley, fifth. Bryson DeChambeau, six. Patrick Cantley, seven. Kepka, eight. Reed. Nine, Rory McIlroy, ten. Those are your top ten in the official World Golf Ranking. I go to the FedEx Cup because of the gift to Patrick Cantley, gifted by John Rahm and a positive COVID test at the Memorial. Patrick Cantley sits on top of the COVID uh, the COVID list on the FedEx Cup points list. Not taking away anything away from the way he's played because he's played great this year. He's a great player and had a great year, but he should not be number one on this list. He is number one, followed by John Rahm, who is number two, Bryson DeChambeau, three, Jordan Spieth, four, Justin Thomas, five, Victor Hovland, six, Xander Shoffley, seven, Morikawa, eight, Kokrak, nine, Louis Oosthuizen, ten, with the exception of one and two. I would say that this is a more accurate snapshot of who's playing good right now. Absolutely. Yeah, with the exception of who's first on this list. Those are your top ten FedEx Cup. And your top 10 official World Golf ranking. Okay, over par, under par. We already spoke Louis Eustazen. Brooks Kepka, Adam. Mm-hmm. 69 on Sunday, went off an hour ahead of the leaders. Yep. At what point in this golf tournament was one off the pace? Uh, it seemed like, here we go again. He goes out in 32, bogey-free, comes home in 37. Brooks Kepka, over par. Under par. Given the expectations we have for Capco, only at major championships, because if it's a regular PGA Tour stop, for whatever reason, his head just isn't in it, and he just puts all of his marbles into the majors, and if that's what you want to do, good for you. He made a good run on Sunday, made a similar run on Sunday at Pebble Beach when he was going for the three-peat at the U.S. Open before missing a putt on on the 18th hole at Pebble Beach. For me, this is still over par, for Brooks Kepka, and you know the way he finished, bogeying 18, which not many people had done on Sunday. He did get call it a bad break on 14 when he missed the green left, hit a chip that was going well past the hole, bounced, hit the flag, and stopped an inch short of the hole. If that goes in, this might be a bit of a different story. Kepka maybe could have posted five or six under, who knows? But still under par in the sense that. You know, his second round, the 73, hitting seven greens in regulation, that wasn't his best stuff. He's still over par for me. How about you? Okay, so he's over par for you. So you're saying comes out of this disappointed, yep. maybe with not the momentum he anticipated. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go the other way. and po- I Positive it, on Brooks Kepka. Well, and I'm, I'm not a fan. You know that. <laughs> and I'm still not a fan. Yep. But I'm looking at it like, okay, this guy, the last time we saw him, he missed the cut. He looked dreadful. Dreadful. He's got still a knee problem. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not 100%. Mm-hmm. Maybe he will never be 100%. Especially reading greens. He's still favoring. Right. He, he's not going full Spider-Man anymore, but he's, right. he's got a bit of a This of a guy hitch, was, you so you got those two elements. You got him out an hour ahead of the people that should be contending in this golf tournament. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, after nine holes, here he is again with a chance to win. So, yeah, the, the back nine, he was ugly. It wasn't good. But considering he's still not 100%, considering his game's not in form, mm-hmm. all the negative energy around him all the time, especially recently with the DeChambeau thing, like, it's just, I mean, 
here he is again. I, I gotta give it, I gotta hand it to him. I don't like him. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way he carries himself. I don't like it, some of the things he says. But man, you gotta respect the fact that this guy always seems to put himself in position to win. And because he has all those major victories already, Four of them. and there's no scar tissue. And he's won back-to-back U.S. Opens. To me, this is just another positive for Brooks Koepka. Well, you mentioned earlier if I was going to have John Rahm on my edge team come the Open Championship. Brooks Koepka will 1,000% be on my edge team for the Open Championship because it's a major championship. He'll and show just, up. He'll be a little healthier by then, you would think. Brooks Koepka, he, he is, he's puzzling. But yeah, he plays well at It's puzzling. Mm-hmm. It is puzzling, but I got to give it to him. Yeah. Okay. Rory McIlroy. Oh, boy. You know, I love Rory. It's the opposite of Kepka, where I go, man, th- the game just needs more Rory. He's just brilliant uh, to watch. He's, it's such a natural movement. He's so talented. He, but we're seven years, Adam. Mm-hmm. We're seven years without a, a, a major win. He shoots 73 on Sunday when he has a legitimate chance to win this golf tournament. He was kind of one off the pace all day. It starts to go downhill for me with Rory with the short miss at seven. Yeah. I mean, he went flag hunting on seven. The shot he hit on seven was no one was going at that flag, and certainly no one was leaving their approach right of that flag on Mm. seven. The putt doesn't touch the hole. Okay, uh, it start. That's where the crack in the armor starts to go. Then he doesn't. Bo- then he d- unable to make birdie at the par five yeah. ninth. Okay, and then it starts to unravel from there with you know bogey at eleven, yeah, sloppy three putt at eleven, sloppy three putt yeah. at eleven, a double bogey at twelve. Uh, now, now that, that double bogey on twelve, he got some pretty bad yes. breaks. You yes. know, having your ball plug in the lip on the downslope, right. The fact that the fact that he actually almost got that ball on the green, he sort of hosled it a bit, but he got a bad break. He didn't get up and down. Missed another short putt there, though. And he should be two or three shots better before that bad break happens, right? You, yeah. you shouldn't three putt eleven. You should birdie nine, mm-hmm. and you could you should have kind of made one of those short ones you didn't convert on late in the front nine, mm-hmm. the one that jumps out is seven, but there were other ones. Yeah. So you should be two. Likely three shots better before that bad break even occurs. Mm -hmm. You never put yourself in position to absorb a bad break. This is the U.S. Open. Good shots are going to get penalized with bad breaks at Mm -hmm. times. That's what separates the U.S. Open from all the other majors, is that sometimes it's unfair. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there cringing with that statement because golf is supposed to be we reward good shots mm. and we punish bad shots. Mm. And 99.9% of the time, that's what happens in major championship golf, including the U.S. Open. Right. But I would say the U.S. Open, because of its setup, occasionally will punish a good shot. And the Open Championship in Britain will occasionally punish a good shot because of what? Because of weather. Because yeah. Mother Nature will just get involved and you lose control of things. You need to prepare yourself... And put yourself in a position to absorb one of those, Adam. He had the opportunity and he didn't overpar Rory McIlroy. He's overpar for me, too. The expectations going into the week. I know Bob was very high on Rory heading, heading into the week. We know Rory struggles at major championships since winning in 2014, especially in the opening round. Played a little better uh, this time around with a round of one under 70 on Thursday. But looking ahead to the Open Championship, do you think slower greens will help Rory or hinder Rory? Good question, because I've always been one of those people that I I contradict a lot of theories in golf 
I contribute to a lot of things involved. <laughs> There's a statement. But one of the things I've always said is that when you get to the tour level, when you talk about bad putting at the tour level, not bad putting at our level, I'm lost in the wilderness right now. I might as well putt with a blindfold. Yeah. But b- blind putting at the tour level usually translates into tentative putting. Yeah. It's, they're not bad putters. They're PG. They're playing on the best tour in the world. They're top 1% of the 1%. Mm-hmm. The word bad putting is usually, it typically becomes tentative putting. Mm -hmm. And we have seen tentative putters play very well at Augusta. Bubba Watson, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, Sergio Sergio Garcia. Four of the the most tentative putters of the last decade have won there and played well there on annual air. Justin Rose yet to win, but done everything but win. And the reason being is when greens are super fast, and greens are kind of on the edge and very slippery. I mean, you you, you need a pa- almost a passive stroke mm-hmm. can win at Augusta. You, and you get onto slower green. I always say the uh, the the last thing a passive, tentative, non-confident putter wants is an uphill putt eight feet into the grain, running at you know super slow. Because you got to hit it with authority, you got to hit it with confidence. You need to accelerate. That putter had never needs to lead its path. It's got to finish at the hole. Well, all those things equal confidence. So I don't know if the slower yeah. greens are going to help Rory, and I don't know if putting's even the issue. Yeah, did he miss putts? Did he three putt? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anymore. <laughs> he can't get out of gear. Okay, we got to do one more before we go to break here because we didn't get the Xander Schaff. That's right. And this is going to be a cue now, tee up for our next segment. Mm -hmm. Xander Shoffley quickly at him, another chance to win. Again, it doesn't happen. Didn't play horrible, but didn't play well. A 72, sorry, 71 on Sunday when he had another legitimate chance to win a major. Hometown guy doesn't get it done. Experimenting with the arm bar. Speaking of putting, over par, under par, Xander. You mentioned it there, the the, uh, the arm bar putting. He's over par for me. The one over par on Saturday was puzzling. That's when I thought he was going to make his move. Typically, Sundays haven't been his calling card. You know I was very high on Zander yes, coming you. into this tournament. I had him on, on our TSN edge picks. The arm bar, putting that into play two or three weeks before playing the U.S. Open, the tournament that you circled in your calendar with your dad seven years ago to change, to completely alter the way you're putting it as one of the top putters in the world. I don't get it. I don't get Personally, it Personally, at a course you've played at since you were five years old. Yep. This home course, he's played there thousands of times. Mind-bogglingly weird, to say the least. He's over par for me. How about you? He's over par for me, too, Adam. For all the reasons you've outlined, he has convinced himself that the arm-anchored putter is cheating, which it's not. Um, he There was nothing wrong with his putting. He, and, you know, he kind of had that attitude, well, if they're going to do it, I'm going to do it, too. Uh, first of all, if it was that much better than everything else, everyone would be doing it, and everybody who was doing it would be winning with it. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. It's an overreaction to what DeChambeau's done and a couple other players, but it's not changing the game. No. Uh, all the people who think that people who used to use the belly putter should automatically go to the arm lock putter, it's completely different. It's not a correlation. There's no thing. No, the belly putter is, is a, is, was an anchored motion where the putter released off, off an access point. The arm lock putter, there is no access point. There's really no release. Look at look at Bryson DeChambeau. The, that, that putter never releases. It's rigid. It stays down the line. It's almost a push, right? It's almost a shove stroke in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting where he goes from here. We're going to do this now on the other side. In your mind, though, right now, is he the best player in the world without a major? Without a doubt. 
Okay, we'll see what our Twitter universe thinks on the other side, and we'll see who else is in the equation. Mm. And we'll also see ask the question, is Ricky Fowler now no longer in this conversation? Mm. We'll do it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Scully with you, whether you're listening on TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, watching us at on uh, TSN 5. Thank you for tuning in this morning as we wrap up the U.S. Open. All right, Adam, I'm going to suggest that right now we are at a moment in history where the question of who is the best player in the world without a major is at the weakest time in history mm-hmm. since we started official world golf rankings back in the in the 80s. I mean, Luke Donald was the number one player in the world, never had a major. Lee Westwood, number one player in the world, never grabbed a major. Phil Mickelson took 12 years of being one of the best players in the world and racking up PGA Tour events before he took the money off, uh, monkey off his back and won the uh, 2004 Masters. Is it his time? Yes, right? Sergio Garcia, age 37, 38, when he won his... Over 70 majors, yeah. For 70 majors before he takes the monkey off his back. So there have been legendary future World Golf Hall of Famers that either pull the monkey off their back or don't. Mm -hmm. Or don't. Lee Westwood's one of the greatest players we've seen in the last... You know, 20, 30 years. Colin Montgomery. Just going to mention that. Yeah. Seven times he won the Order of Merit yeah. in Europe. Seven times. The Order of Merit winner in Europe. Never won on U.S. soil. Never won a major. Wild. Right now, who's the best player in the world without a major? Now that Ron is no longer that guy, we asked the Twitter universe. 65% say Xander Shoffley mm-hmm. is the best player in the world without a major. Yep. chose Patrick Cantley. Now, you ask, why did we have Patrick Cantley as Xander Shoffley as the two choices? Well, just according to the official World Golf Rankings, they are one and they are two in the official World Golf Rankings of who is in there that hasn't won. Xander Shoffley is fifth. Cantley is seventh. Neither one had a major, so we put him up. And then we put other. So Xander Shoffley got 65% of the vote. Cantley, 7%. No love for Cantley. 28% 28% got other. 28% got other. So who would be in the other? So that's where I want to go yeah. with this for you. Because the Xander Cantley discussion is a no-brainer. They both have four PGA Tour victories. Okay? That's fine. Cantley has two at Memorial, which is a great tournament. But Xander's wins are World Golf Championship event, Tour Championship, Century Tournament Championship. He's got, like, the cream of the crop on Tour victories. And... To your point, his major record is ridiculous. It really is. He's played 17 career majors. He has 10 top 10s in major championships. Right. He's played five U.S. Opens. This was actually his worst U.S. Open finish right. at T7. 
So he plays U.S. Opens very well. Just has, has to get that monkey off his back. He's got a second at the Masters, a second at the Open Championship as well. Mm-hmm. So when you look at his his career in majors without a victory, it screams Andrew Shoffley over Patrick Cantley. And in my opinion right now, even though it is the weakest moment in history, in my opinion, where, where you're asking who's the best player in the world without a major, that's not a shot against Xander. I'm just saying there's not that Sergio Garcia out there right. who's got you know 30 wins or whatever the number was. To me, he's still probably the best player in the world. If you're asking my opinion, I'm going to say Xander Shoffley. The question is, who are the others? Like, th- does, does Ricky Fowler get – like, I don't say – to me, we're almost at the stage. It, this is tough to, tough to say because he's not that – it's not like he's 45 years old. But we are approaching a moment in time – this is going to be controversial <laughs> – because I know there's so many popular Ricky fans out there, so don't beat up on me on this. We are slowly approaching a, a period in time, Adam, where Ricky saying Ricky Fowler is the best player in the world without a major is like saying Colin Montgomery is the best player in the world without a major. The door, he doesn't qualify for majors anymore. See, I, I'm not quite there yet. He got the special exemption into the PGA Championship, came T8, came T11 at the Memorial. Yes, he's 91st in the world right now but you know he has to he has to qualify for these majors first but you know heading into this year Jordan Spieth was still qualifying for major championships but where was Jordan Spieth he was lost in the wilderness Ricky Fowler has been lost in the wilderness he's played well in major championships before I don't think the door is closed just yet but once he's, he's 32, starts, he's still a young he's man. He's still a young guy. Phil Mickelson didn't win his first major until he was like 33 or 34 yeah. years old. Yeah. So for Ricky Fowler, I don't think the door is closed just yet, but I mean, it's, the clock's ticking. He's got five PGA Tour victories, Ricky. A couple of European wins along the way. Um, so again, though, like, okay, he only has one more PGA Tour win than Xander Shoffley. Mm hmm. It's not like, yeah. again, it's not like when we had this conversation with Phil Mickelson or Sergio Garcia, I mean, the numbers were ridiculous, the tallies of wins. Yep. that they, You know what I mean? Like, they were dominant players, dominant players of their generations without a major. Mm-hmm. Lee Westwood was a dominant player of his generation without a major, still doesn't have one. Was Ricky, Fla- uh, Ricky, Flavor, Ricky Fowler ever a dominant player of his generation? I would say, I mean, maybe dominant isn't the right word. Top fives in all four majors in 2014 is a very good run. Yes. But to me, there could be some similarities here between Fowler and Xander Shoffley. Because in 2014, when Fowler finishes top five in all four majors, you think, of course he's going to win one. Of course he's going to win one. Seven years later, he doesn't have one. If Xander Shoffley doesn't pick one of these off, eventually... Seven years from now, we could be having this conversation about Xander Shoffley. Okay, question from you. Question for you. If we're having this conversation in seven years, and it's still and Xander, how many wins does Xander Shoffley have between now and we get to that conversation? Like, is he at 10 PGA Tour victories? You would think so. Right. Has he added another WGC? Yeah. Probably. Has he played on Ryder Cups? Olympics, yeah. Yeah. So you think that would help him going forward. But these... Sometimes the monkey gets larger, though. Exactly. Exactly. But... I mean, we just saw Phil Mickelson win his sixth major championship that nobody saw coming. So I wouldn't close the door on Fowler specifically just yet. 
I really think Xander Shoffley is going to win one either at the Open in 24 days when that kicks off or next season. I'm thinking next next year's U.S. Open as Xander Shoffley's name circled on that, but you never know. Who is the next name that that maybe isn't on this list yeah. yet, but you think is very close to getting on this list? Because I think in two years, if we're having this conversation 24 months from now, AK hit us up on Twitter, and he brought up Victor Hovland. Mm. You know how high I am on Victor Hovland. I've had him, his name circled almost in every event this year. I didn't this week because for me this week, Again, horses for courses. That's that's the road I went down, and it almost paid off. Uh, like I'm taking a look at this leaderboard here. Uh, I'm looking down for my guys here. Where's Reed? Reed finished tied for 19. Played well on Sunday, and so did Speed. So my my picks all finished inside the top 20 this week. I had all three picks. I had the winner. Mm-hmm. And two guys have finished tied for 19th because it was, for me, out of all the majors this year, this was the horses for courses play. Mm-hmm. It's such a different golf course. You need familiarity to what to expect from Tory yeah. Pines. Uh, if we're having this conversation in 24 months, is Victor Hovland? I mean, he's he's winning. He's up. He's, he's getting tallying up the victories like Colin Morikawa mm-hmm. is. He doesn't have the major yet. Hovland's up there for sure. Tony Finau, you would think, would be in Still that Still looking for his second PGA Tour Still victory. Still looking though. for that second PGA Tour victory. Matthew Wolf. What a, what a great story. We what didn't get to that. What a great story that has been. You know, this comeback now played well in both U.S. Opens. He's played at. Had a great finish as well at the PGA Championship back last August at Harding Park. He's another guy, I mean, coming in at the same time as Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland. He's a guy who has to be in that conversation. But then it really drops off from there. Like In the world rankings, Scotty Scheffler, Daniel Berger, Harris English, Paul Casey. I, I don't think they're there yet and the best players without a major champion. Well, let's think about it this way. I think maybe we've come full circle in this segment to where we were off the top, yeah. which was this is the weakest time in history we've been Mm -hmm. here because we look at the early 2000s and we're having this conversation we're trying to decide between phil mickelson lee westwood colin montgomery luke donald sergio garcia and here we are we can't find names to even put on this list so that's something to be said uh before we go to break we we were going to get into what our favorite major was oh right and we never get there we're we're running out of time (laughs) for me adam uh, Phil Mickelson's march down 18 is going to be hard to beat. It's still number one. Yeah. But of all the other majors, the other four, when we go back to Bryson and Wingfoot and the two masters we've had, this is clearly, hands down, easy, the second best major we've had in this super season. It's not even close for me that uh, it's almost as good as what we saw at Kiowa. I'll still put Phil at Kiowa. That's going to be iconic forever. But this is right there as a close second, and those two are head and shoulders above everything else. You know, every year we do our year-in-review shows, and we have our OMG moment of the year. And Phil Mickelson winning the PGA is just going to dominate that segment, A, because he won, and B, the iconic moment of him walking through thousands of fans in a COVID era to walk onto the green. Simply surreal. Symbolic of a lot of things, yeah. Surely was. But what happened yesterday to have the top five players in the world all legitimately had a chance to win the U.S. Open, Yes, and it didn't happen, Yesterday's U.S. Open Major of the Year. So you're putting it above Phil's moment? I think it is. Wow. I think it is. Are you with me that those two, that there's nothing else in the conversation? I mean, in like, terms of how close it was, the 2020 U.S. Open at Wingfoot, it was close for 40 minutes or so. The Wolf to Shamble back and forth. Dustin Johnson, an unbelievable performance at the November Masters. Hideki Matsuyama for a brief 
20, 20 minutes when Xander Shoffley was right there as well. But it's definitely the, the, the PGA in the U.S. Open. We're running late, uh, as always. Um, the only reason, and I'm not arguing with you, tournament for tournament, this was a better major. This is the major of the year tournament for tournament. Yeah. Because of the, you know, if you weren't in the top 10 in the world, you weren't invited. A reason that for me, Kiowa's the major of the year is because 30 years from now and yeah. 50 years from now, we will be talking about the time Phil at age 50, that iconic moment. We will not be talking That's about her. That's the only reason mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. All right, on the other side, we're going to do three dub winners, weird, and what coming up next? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada's Aquino Scully U.S. Open Edition. We're back Wednesday with a one-hour Golf Talk Canada television, which we will uh, Bob will be back for. We'll put a bow on the U.S. Open. Look forward to the Travelers Championship and it's Major Championship Week on the LPGA Tour. Right. Major so Championship. We'll, so we'll, we'll preview talk, that we'll as well. Brooke as Brookles well. is back. He's back. So we'll uh, keep an eye open for that one this week as well. Lots to get going to. And again, only 24 days away from the Open Championship. We've got the Team set up for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch Rom and Garcia. That's going to be, be awesome. So cool. That's going to be good. Uh, of course, four Americans because if you're inside the the top twenty, you, you get to go. Uh, and and Dustin Johnson has said he is not going, which means Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, and Bryson DeChambeau will be Team USA at the Olympics. Uh, maybe we'll do a little bit of that this week on TV as well. And a conversation that we'll definitely be having closer to the Olympics is the format. Can you change it? I How, would love to see a change. If so. you saw Rom and Garcia together yeah. playing as a team, yeah. just imagine those fists. We saw Rom go ballistic after yeah. making those putts on 17 and 18. We've seen Sergio do it for in years past, too. I never liked the format from the beginning. Yeah. It feels too much like a regular PGA Tour event. We, we get enough of that. I, I, I'm with you 100% on it. And we will have that conversation. All right, let's do it. It is uh, winners, winner what? Three dub, and the T is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, the truth, Adam, is the spring of 2021, the spring of 21, will forever be known as the spring of Tim Mickelson. Yeah. He has won back-to-back majors, Tim Mickelson. Uh, For those of you who are unaware of what I'm uh, talking about, obviously on the bag for his brother Phil, uh, at the PGA Championship to make history at Kiowa Island and also, you know, got a lot of, I don't want to say the spotlight, but I mean, he did an amazing job as Phil's caddy. And Phil acknowledged mm-hmm. him at the PGA about how his brother helped him and calmed him down and they talked things out and they didn't hit a shot until they were both on the same page. And it was like this real cohesive unit. And Phil really gave a nod to Tim. Yeah. And then last night, John Rahm gets it done, 
Kelly's there with the baby. His, his dad's there. And who's waiting at the end of the tunnel? Tim Mickelson, his coach from Arizona, who said, who called everybody who would listen, including his brother Phil, that we've got a major champion playing on this team in Arizona. This guy, John Rom, is going to be special. And you got you got to get to know this guy. This guy's going to be awesome. And there he was, uh, feel, like, again, two majors in a row, feeling like he's the king of the world. And it was great to see the exchange with Phil Mickelson waiting on the range as well yeah. with Rom's wife, Kelly. We saw the hug between Mickelson and Rom. There's also a great hug between Mickelson and Rom after Mickelson won at the PGA last month. And I'm pretty sure Mickelson made a wager, Phil Mickelson, that is, that Rom would be in the top 10 in the world within a year of turning professional back in 2016. I thought I read wow. that. So There you go. You know, Phil Mickelson likes to place a wager here. There, there you go. But, yeah. Pretty awesome. <laughs> well done, uh, Tim. Okay, my weird, well, if anybody watches or listens to Golf Talk Canada, they know that my relationship with, uh, my public relationship comments with Mike Davis have been a little uh, colorful ah, over the years. Is that term? It. Colorful? Yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, the inventor of windmills and lollipops, mm. you know, uh, rotating pars, slanted tee decks. Yeah. I mean, We've seen some pretty weird stuff in the Mike Davis era. He is stepping down now as executive director and walking away from the USGA. Michael Wan stepping in. This was Mike Davis's last time as executive director at the USGA under a US Open. His swan song got praised from everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of weird that the last kick at the can, he kind of goes out on, on, a, on a really positive note. Phil Mickelson, who's had an interesting relationship with the USGA over the years, uh, called it the best U.S. Open setup he has ever seen. And I think when the players uh, call it that, what they're suggesting is likely the most fair and the less tricked up. And mm-hmm. I've seen, personally, I've seen better, better U.S. Open setups because I like them to play a little harder, yeah. so to speak. Uh, and sometimes I think if the players are all collectively praising something, it's likely too easy. My antenna goes up. Yeah. Not too sure. Okay. But this was very good. It uh, it was certainly uh, one of the one of the best I've seen in the last twenty years. I wouldn't put it the best because I said it skewed a little too many guys under par for me for U.S. Mm-hmm. Open. But it was very good, and I guess well done, Mike Davis. Well done, Mike Mike Davis for sure. And I'm curious how. You know, Torrey Pines is just a hard golf course. It's what you see is what you get. Everything is in front of you. They firmed up the fairway, so they're rock hard. The greens were very firm as well. To make it more challenging, do they move the pins in some more precarious positions perhaps? I mean, they were in some pretty tough spots. The guys are just longer now. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau's not even aiming at fairways anymore. He's trying to hit it into the galleries and not yell four, which is another topic in itself because Bryson's Bryson. But like you said, Mike Davis and the USGA nailed it with this one. I think the only thing you could do to Tory uh, to make it any tougher is there are there is about 150 to 200 yards that they don't use that they could have made this the longest U.S. Open history. There are t- there are locations, and we played it from 76 and change. Yeah, 76, 85, yeah. So again, splitting hairs. Uh, well done. It's a positive. It's just weird. 
uh, on the way. <laughs> I mean, maybe this, maybe I wish, maybe you learned something along the way. What makes me laugh here is that Mike Davis is, is going into the golf course architect business. Yes. And my what, very quickly, because I know we got to get going here, is the streaker dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, was this 1977? But this is the first time a streaker has interrupted a golf tournament and decided to hit golf shots up. Yeah. He, went, he got a few swings in up 13. Swing looked okay. Before you know, they got tempo. to him. That's yeah. unbelievable. Before he gets tackled. That's yeah. got to be one of the worst jobs in the world. I don't envy security, police officers. I don't envy anybody doing that job in today's society. But if you're that cop that needs to tackle the nude dude. Nude dude. Yeah, not so good. No, you're yeah. paying me enough for that. All no. right, Adam, that does it for me. The tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Well, my winner this week, Mark, is something we referenced a little earlier in the show, and that's John Rahm's maturity. And that was his comments he made before even teeing it up. You know, the COVID situation he went through was incredibly challenging for a number of different reasons, personal reasons for John mm-hmm. Rahm having losing, having lost a close friend uh, to COVID-19 with a six-shot lead, essentially having $1.6 million. They basically were almost going to sign the check for him at the Memorial. It was that close. Six-shot lead. He wasn't going to lose that lead. But the maturity, the grace he took, taking the high road, essentially. Kudos to John Rahm. I've, I've learned a lot about John Rahm in the last two weeks going from this fiery guy who lost his temper all the time to now someone who can stay closer to even keel. Good for John Rahm here. And, and the greatest players in the world, the greatest players in history will say that your mistakes, your disappointments, your failures, or your losses are only negatives if you don't learn from them. And obviously, John Rahm has learned a lot. That's well said. Uh, another guy who's certainly learning a lot is my weird this week, and that's Victor <laughs> Hovland. So yeah. Victor Hovland withdrew on Friday afternoon, and this was sort of a strange story. He got sand in his eye. Uh, the sand in San Diego's thicker, I guess. I don't know, but I mean, he was nine over par. Couldn't really see, apparently. Uh, good for him. He could have been my winner, weird or what, because yes. he posted a fun little picture on social media with the eye patch. Kind of looked like number two from Austin Powers, maybe a little <laughs> bit, if you will. Uh, so Victor Hovland, WDs. I'm sure part of it was because he couldn't. It wasn't play, playing very well. Right. Allegedly, well, it's easy see. to withdraw when you're nine over, I guess, right? Yes. But I don't know. Maybe we'll see Hovland wearing sunglasses. Maybe we'll the, the Phil Aviators, <laughs> the Ricky Fowler new sunglasses with one of his new sponsorship deals. A weird story for sure. My what before we go to break? Richard Bland. Okay, this was a great story. For 36 holes. For 36 holes. The oldest 36-hole leader or co-leader in U.S. Open history, 48 years old. We know the story about his hat from his golf club in England. Didn't Mm -hmm. have a hat deal. And then, of course... Reality? Reality sort of set in. (laughs) Call it that. He played well for nine holes on Saturday. Two hit all. Seven fairways in the front nine on Saturday, 77-78, finishes T50, but still a great story. For a while there, he thought, 115th-ranked player in the world. Could he contend at a major championship? Why, yes, he could, because Phil Mickelson was 115th in the world when he won the PGA Championship last month. So a good story all around, and hope we see Richard Bland at the Open Championship in 24 days. Not not to uh, go too hard on on Richard, because journeyman, good for him. Again, to your point, had a couple of good holes at, uh, on the weekend, etc. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when you look at what he did through 36 holes with his putter, 
Didn't miss inside 10 feet. I mean, he was blowing the field away in strokes game putting. Putting. It was a one show. It was a one trick pony. Yeah. And you you live by the blitz. You die by the mm-hmm. blitz. And there needs to be another game plan that I'm just the only guy I know that can go sometimes with a game plan. And I'm just going to out putt you to death is Jordan Spieth. And and later in his career that caught up with him and he had to go back and circle the wagon. So right. I mean the I guess if we had gone a deep dive if we were still doing Golf Talk Canada on Saturday mornings. If we had had a Saturday morning GTC this week, imagine weekend, that! Oh, that would have been something. I think you and I would have probably taken a deep dive into Richard Bland and probably would have said, "He, these ball striking numbers need to get brought up, or this is going to go sideways." Yeah. The writing was on the wall. Yeah. All right, Adam. On the other side, we'll put a bow on today's show and tee up Golf Talk Canada Television for this week. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up today's U.S. Open special. Uh, Adam, just final thought. This, uh, I don't want to call it a coming out party because it's not like John Rahm hasn't been on anybody's radar. Mm-hmm. He's been on all of our radar. and He was the best player in the world without a major. But this could... Uh, really open up the summer, as we've outlined, and really open up the career. The monkey's off the back, and I would be very surprised. we got to be careful because in this business, the greatest thing we've seen is often the last thing we've seen. Right. We can overreact to things. But this is not. This is a guy that has been consistent. This guy, it's it, the, the blueprint is not um, weak. It's I am a world-class ball striker, which is why we always feel so confident about Corey Connors and his stage on a global stage. He's just not just a Canadian story. This is a global, because he's such a great ball striker. And when we handicap Corey Connors, it's always the same thing. It's like, he needs to figure out on the days where he isn't out ball striking the field, mm-hmm. when I hit nine greens at a U.S. Open and not 14, how do I shoot around a golf that doesn't shoot me out of the tournament? And that's what Corey's working on right now. Right. A John Rom perspective on this is, this is a blueprint when you are that dominant, Tita Green right now on the PGA Tour, this is something that could stick for a while. This could be a launching pad for John Rahm for the summer. We saw Dustin Johnson go on a Tiger-esque run in 2020. I wouldn't be surprised if we see John Rahm go on a very similar run. Open championship in three weeks, three, four weeks. FedEx Cup playoffs after that. Ryder Cup after that. I wouldn't be surprised if John Rahm is in the mix and leading in all of those. Isn't it funny how six months ago we were on paper looking like America was going to wax Europe oh, on yeah. paper? And often they always do on paper. But this time it really felt like there's no chance. Now we have John Rahm emerging as the number one player in the world. We have Sergio Garcia re-emerging as a world-class player. Rory McIlroy, yes, he's not getting done, but found form again. He's relevant mm-hmm. again, playing well. Victor Hovland, a young stud for you. Keep the sunglasses on, yeah. You keep the sunglasses, we'll be fine. The Azuri, Team Azuri. Yeah, Francesco okay? Francesco Team Azuri. I mean, all of a sudden, 
The European Ryder Cup team, all of a sudden, Paul Casey, Ian Poulter. Terrell Hatton. Terrell Hatton. They are, all of a sudden, they're looking like, yeah, we're ready for whistling straights. Where did that come from? That just makes, and now with fans, very likely back, you would oh, think, 100%. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. COVID restrictions are over in most of America. Yeah. California, when Bob got there, they're lifted Especially today. now, you know, in three and a half months, whenever the Ryder Cup is. Open Electric. championship, Adam saying 32,000 spectators at the Open. Okay, that's good. That's good. But, I mean, the atmosphere that the Ryder Cup will have, it'll, it'll feel like an actual Ryder Cup, which is going to be awesome. Everyone in top form. Buckle up, baby. Wednesday, uh, ladies major. TSN TV, Golf Talk Canada will put a bow. We'll get Bob's opinion because yep. we haven't spoken to Bob on, obviously, US Open. He'll be back for Golf Talk Canada Television. What do we got Wednesday? Special time, Ooh. 10 a.m. on TSN 4. Okay. But if you miss that, you know, maybe you're out west. Maybe it's a little early for you. 7.30 Eastern. Mm, prime PM time. Eastern. Prime, prime time. time. We just saw primetime golf. You watch golf right. for 13 hours a day on TSN for the right. U.S. Open. You can catch primetime coverage of Golf Talk Canada on Wednesday. We'll discuss the U.S. Open. We'll recap. We'll do over par, under par. Winners, weird, and what? Uh, edge picks for the Travelers Championship. And Brooke Henderson looking for her 11th LPGA Tour win and second career major championship at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. That's crazy already at such a young age. You brought up the Travelers Championship, Cromwell, Connecticut, TPC, River Highlands. Surprisingly strong field. Yeah. There's some big names in the field, like Phil Jordan. Jordan's, Jordan's there. There's a number of big names in the mix. You'll have to stay tuned to our TSN Edge Picks because, hey, our TSN Edge Picks. I, we, I don't want to toot our horn too much, but this is getting silly. We're, we're on fire. Yeah, what, two wins, two seconds in the last three weeks? Yeah, is that what it is? We're collectively on fire. Yeah. Um, it's unbelievable. Um, and so if you're not following our TSN, if you like to play fantasy golf and you like to lay some action on golf, if you're not following our TSN Edge Picks in the last month or so, you are losing money, yep. and you are. We we have been on fire. Um, last week, Adam with the call of the year with Garrick Higo, out of the blue, had the winner. I called John Rom six months ago for the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Stayed with him. Got it. We had the Patrick Cantley win at Memorial, and Bob had picked John Rom. And that John week had too. That, so we would have had the winner regardless. Yeah. I had Spieth. At Colonial, he he loses, finishes second. Terrell Hatton too. Terrell Hatton, I had second. You were all like, I mean, you had Kepka in this. I mean, we're we're on fire. Well done. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back to radio only next Monday, back at 10 a.m. to noon. We're TSN TV this week for Golf Talk Canada Television. We've got some great, interesting new features coming up this uh, that Adam and I are going to shoot this week Mm off-site. Looking forward to that. And we'll have Bob back for uh, TSN uh, TV this week. Euro 2020 coming up next. The Azuri on fire, 3-0. Well done, (laughs) Team Italy. Enjoy the soccer this afternoon. We hope you love the U.S. Open, and thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, the first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thanks for joining us. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.